Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to the greatest podcast show on earth. Well, hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to Slapstick Conversations on Clowning. And I'm going to introduce myself. I think you know who I am by now, but I'm <laughs> Gunky. And that little giggle you heard in the background. That happens to be my co-host, Jazzy. Say hello to our friends, Jazzy. Hey, how's everybody doing? Well, uh, I'm doing fine. Thank you for asking. I can't speak nah, for... I didn't really mean you. I, I meant oh. everybody else, but no. you. Yeah. I'll, let, I'll pause and let them answer. Okay. Hmm. Okay, good. Who are our guests today? Remind me, Jazzy. This is, by the way, this is the third in um, a series of three segments. So if you didn't listen to the other two, go back, stop right now, yep. go back and listen to segments one and two, because that'll give you a nice basis for the program we're talking about. Yeah. It doesn't matter story. what you're doing right now. You just stop what you're doing. Stop it. And you go back and you, you listen to the first two. And we'll wait. We'll be here when you come back. We'll, yeah. We'll just wait. Okay. Okay. I can't <laughs> believe we're done after this one with this. I know this has been a lot of fun. Who, who, remind our listeners who we're talking to. We are talking to Brian Ivory, the creator of the Mott Campus Clowns, and um, Alicia Turner. So in this segment that's coming up, our final segment, they talk about the future and what they see of the future for Mott Campus Clowns, their particular clown trading program. They talk about scheduling shows because, okay. as I know, this is it's a very difficult process to do. That's a let alone with a ton of the clowns and going to schools and all of that and how they fit that in their schedule and the other schools so um that's an interesting part of what we talk about we also asked brian how he convinced the school to take on a clowning program to do what he loves his passion yes like that's awesome right uh, how how do you get other people on board to do something like that that's amazing we're um, also going to be talking about the mock campus clowns doing the um what they're doing during the pandemic what do you do i, I wait for the pandemic to end oh you're you're waiting you're literally waiting for the phone to ring yeah if it rings while we're talking uh-huh i'm going to have to put you on hold <laughs> Go get the phone call and see if it's a gig, okay? Uh, and finally, um, Brian and Alicia give us a little bit of advice for other clowns in the industry and just kind of what they hope other clowns would take away from this interview. So thank you for joining us. We will... Oh, you're so welcome, Not Gunky. you. We'll dispense with the silliness and we'll dispense the interview. <laughs> What's the future of Mott Campus Clowns hold? You're going to do this into your, your 80s, Brian? Well, I'd actually made a commitment 10 years. When the pandemic hit, we were in Philadelphia. It was my ninth year in Philadelphia on spring break with the students. Right now, I would have been teaching my 20th class, my 10th year of clowning. So it's going to be very hard for me to walk away from it. Um, my relationship with Alicia and the partnership that we've had and the fact that teaching and doing what I do is easier because of someone like her, um, it will probably keep us clowning more. Our first big challenge, and Tinkers knows this, is our show is about an hour long. 15 minute warm up, and then the show itself is about 40 minutes long, and we gotta cut it down. And I gotta tell you, every part of the show, and every warm up, that every walk around that we use, it's like children. 
Right. <laughs> and the idea of cutting them out for me, maybe not for her, but for me. <laughs> so our next horizon is really probably cutting ourselves down to about a 40 minute show, cutting ourselves down by about a third so that we can maybe do two shows at the same school or not get cut off when we're near the end of the show because the school bell is about to go off. And that's probably our next horizon. Mm -hmm. We introduced clowns to Mooseburger camp. So for two years running, we went to the Mooseburger camp and Trisha Manuel has been very generous with scholarships to our students. So we were beginning to introduce our students to maybe a life of clowning and what clowning looks like in other settings outside the Mott campus clowns. The good news is Mott Community College sees our clown troop as one of the nicest assets they have going. So the support from our school is gonna continue into the future. And um, Tinkers, you might have ideas where we're headed. We've talked in many different facets about the future of the Mott campus clowns and and um, I give a lot of credit to, to um, Dr. Bubby for the, the very thorough unit and development of the show that he has kind of masterfully put together, in my opinion. And uh, he is allowing me to infiltrate that a little bit, um, which I appreciate. I don't know if it's 100% necessary, but he really does value the opinions of others. And so I think going forward, I have a lot of ideas and he like and he reins me in on those, which I appreciate. Um, but uh, I would really like to just see it come completely develop. And what we're doing is consistent. We, we are, are proud of what we do. We are happy with the way that it turns out in the end. We know that there's not a lot of room for growth because we have a cap on our student numbers and things like that to keep things reined in and to keep it cohesive. You know, we're in a constant state of development. Uh, we are always looking for new creative ideas and anytime someone puts something in our laps, it's always, um, what, could, what could we do with this? And so we don't like to be too stale on what we just sit around with and, and the show is not the same as it was when when he started and so we're continuing to make things as progressive as possible just to see how it develops with our students and of course everyone knows with the next generation that comes in you got to adapt there are things that they are more privy to and we have our own social media groups now which is something that's a little bit um, newer so um, there we're on Instagram and Facebook and all those things and we're trying to reach out to people more or less even just to let them know what we're doing and to say that you know if if we can do it you everybody can do it there I mean there's obvious resources that are at our disposal that might not be at the average person's but the concept is there and we want to everyone to know that it's possible to reach out to the next generation and you just got to do it. That's the only thing. Uh, I feel like the generations collide a lot because they're afraid of each other. <laughs> and I think that if everybody just kind of brings their barriers down and understands that there is a new fresh generation that is eager to learn and they want to, to understand how to reach out to their communities and to be involved. That's our main focus. Uh, whether or not it's the show completely changing and us cutting everything down or whether we keep things the same, our message is still the same in the end. And I think that's really what, what we're focused on inevitably. These schools that you do, is it a free show for them? Completely free. So do they, um, do you have like a waiting list or how, how do people learn about it or sign up for these shows and, and how do you go about scheduling that you know all the things you've heard about what we do it's the other things that we do like scheduling the buses scheduling the hotel rooms 
um, managing a budget for the food, but the scheduling the schools is probably the most challenging. And in some settings, we have the same schools that have us back year after year, but I call it prospecting for schools. It can be really challenging getting in the door of a school, even if you're offering a free anti-bully assembly show because you don't know if you're talking to the right person. That is a very laborious part of the work that we do. Yeah. Is, uh, the scheduling of scheduling the parades, scheduling the Special Olympics, that's a lot easier, but the scheduling of the schools is a very um, demanding part of the background of what we do. We, we do have like a restriction almost on, on where we're available as well, because there are a lot of schools and things that have contacted us that are a little bit out of our distance range to be able to cart our students to. And especially when we're doing multiple shows in one day, sometimes at different venues, we have to kind of correlate them so that they work well for us and everything is efficient. So a lot of times we, we do have quite a lot of inquiries uh, from people and we have lists going, but we have to deny um, some of those people only because they're too far away or um, their accommodations and their time doesn't work for how, how we can set things up. So yeah, it's it's quite a quite a task. And uh, I'm not sure it was the greatest move, but he's kind of laid that one on me over the last couple of semesters and trusted me with those things. But but um, it's definitely an effort that I I didn't realize was as involved as it was oh, yeah. um, until he kind of gave me a little bit more control over that. And he had been doing this all by himself before before I came along. And it was amazing to see how that worked. Did he give you control or did he like just throw it at you? <laughs> Here you I, go. I think he gave it to me with some emphasis. Just yeah. <laughs> Nudge like here, you can have this. I was gonna ask, is Chicagoland too far? Is that a little out of your wheelhouse? Or we do a weekend in Detroit, we do a weekend in Lansing, we do a, a week in Philadelphia and Pittsburgh because we're talking about college students who have other lives besides being not campus clowns. So we actually preset the dates mm -hmm. that we're going to be clowning at the beginning of the semester. So if another school wants us to come and it's not a date that we have scheduled for our clowns, I can't turn to the 10 students in clown and go, oh, we just added a Friday show. Right. So, because we have to be respectful of, um, of their time. So you said this is on weekends? Yeah, we do uh, weekends, yeah. It's based on the model of an alternative break. So you've heard of alternative breaks, spring breaks, where they go for 10 days. Well, that model also carries over to alternative weekends. Um, so the service learning model is alternative weekends and alternative breaks. So we actually schedule our weekends in the fall around standing events on Saturday and Sunday, and we build school shows on Fridays. Okay. So for example, we'll go to Lansing. Uh, we'll do a couple shows Friday during the day. Friday night, we'll go and do the Lansing Silver Bells Parade. The next morning, we'll get up and we'll do a Boys and Girls Club. We'll do the Impression 5 Children's Museum. And then Saturday night, we'll do the closing ceremonies for Special Olympics. We have a couple of dates that are always standing that we know we're gonna build, fill out a schedule around. When we're in Philadelphia, we generally do 14 shows in four days. And so filling that schedule can sometimes be challenging. Yeah, Dr. Bubby has kind of had the connections in these places ahead of time. So Chicago would be nice. The reason why we're in 
Philadelphia is because he's had previous connections with people in Philadelphia that presented us with a, an alternative spring break option. And as a result of that, he's been there this entire time, which has been great for us because now we know the city, we know what schools will have us back another year, that kind of thing. So it kind of works out in our favor that way. So that's basically <laughs> anything that will prevent us from having to do more work is, uh, is a good alternative for us and something we, we appreciate because um, we do have schools that are very dedicated to us and they appreciate our appearances every year. So that does help. And now here's something we hope you'll really like. When you started the Mott Campus Clowns, was that a hard sell for the school? Beautiful thing about community colleges is there's always room for creativity. So I knew I had that going for me. The thing that I had to create is because students have to do 30 to 45 hours of community service in the class that I teach, which is called social diversity and civic engagement. And the thing I had to create was a one credit experiential lab, which I would use that time to train them as members of the Mott Campus Clowns. And then they would do their community service work for free in the sense <laughs> of that's how it was set up. So I obviously had to come up with this design of a experiential lab to go with my regular course. I had to go through the channels at the college to get that approved and it's been a it's worked out really well. The when I took over as the honors college director, the person I was replacing said to me about two years into the clowns being a success, she just said to me, I, I never saw this taking off. I never saw this the way you saw it, and I was wrong. Um, so <clears throat> there were some doubters in the beginning. I'm a pretty persistent person with a pretty sense of clear direction of where I want to go. And at that time, I was doing 100% of the work. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have to say that um, Gunky and I do agree. We do agree on something, Gunky. Finally. Um, that just the opportunity that these kids have through your vision, through your experience, is just amazing. It's just something that that is not done. I, I don't know if it's done anywhere else, to tell you the truth, in the country that I know of. Well, we will say that we're in a very unique position to be able to work with students for seven and a half weeks and have them do the service hours on top of that. And we're supported by our college and we've got the pieces in place to take a person who wants to be a clown and in seven and a half weeks, they end up looking and acting like what you would think would be a traditional clown. And we actually encourage our students to be mindful of the fact that your learning curve as a clown is very steep and it's time limited. And that when you interact with other clowns at parades, for example, give them their due respect because they may have been working at their craft for five years, 10 years, adding different pieces to their costumes. So we're in a very unique situation and we're grateful for the situation that we're in. Mm -hmm. I have to ask, how are you continuing the Mott Campus Clown program during a pandemic? We are like the clowns that you know, we're on hiatus. And I can't speak for Tinkers, but I miss it greatly. Both being in makeup, 
and having my auto makeup experiences with my students. It's, they're my community, they're my connection, they're my humanity. So these 10 months have been really, really hard. Yeah, and it was a struggle for us because um, we were in Philadelphia with our last troop of clowns when, when the pandemic hit and when the news was spreading and we were actually at a museum um, on one of our days off and we were reading about the, the pandemic that happened in, in 1918. And ironically enough, we happened to be reading about that at the exact time that we, we kind of stumbled upon this information about our, our own current pandemic that we were not aware of. And so our, our, our minds were very flooded with a lot of rapid information and things that we were not prepared for. And um, a lot of schedules got canceled and things that we had planned for our students. And, and Philadelphia is very planned down to the minute of what we're gonna do because this is not our state. These are not the people that we normally interact with. And so we're very well planned and well versed on what we're gonna do. And for that to kind of completely shatter in a couple of minutes, um, especially while we are reading about how this, you know, has happened in the past. Um, what didn't really set that well with us, but we handled it. I think, I think we took it in stride. We did have a lot of moments where we tried to keep the information of our inevitable cancellations from our students so that they weren't discouraged, um, which was a lot of information to us, for us to, to hang on to. Um, but we, you know, we fed off of each other pretty well. There was a, a moment in, in our bus when we let all the students off to go inside the building where we were staying. And uh, Dr. Bubby and I looked at each other and he said, well, the Pittsburgh parade is, is canceled. And I said, okay, good. Cause the, the New York parade is also canceled. So <laughs> we had plans to go to both and and we kind of just hit each other with this information when it came and, and it was a struggle at first. Um, we did end up coming home a day early, um, but our we, we feel um, we hope, anyway, that our students got the same experience as all of the other um, students that came before them. I feel like they had a great time. Um, we hope that, anyway. And we traveled home. And once we got home, we were, I believe, at work, because um, he's in a different building than I am, but we were at work for maybe three or four days. And then they told us to go home, and we, we haven't been back since, unfortunately. He obviously teaches other classes, so he's very much involved in those aspects of things. And I help run an office yeah. on campus, so um, uh, the humanities office specifically. So we have our own facets of things that are keeping us um, at work, which is good. Uh, we just don't get to do our favorite part, which mm -hmm. is hanging out with our, our students who are clowns and, and being able to interact with them and see them grow through this experience. Well, we definitely share your grief of not being able to be in the grease paint. We share your um, grief of not being able to interact with people, but I am encouraged by your heart and your effort and just the incredible vision you guys have for this program. I can't wait um, for this pandemic to be over to see what you guys do next. I truly hope and wish and pray for nothing but the best for, for you guys in this program. This is just incredible. I've had a great time talking to you. Yes, it's been you. wonderful. Thank you, Jazzy. Thank you, Gunky. We, we appreciate your interest and uh, this opportunity. Yeah, we do. Brian uh, Tinkers, before we go, uh, I just want to make sure that we haven't missed something that our listeners might might need to glean from Mott Campus Clowns, whether it be a word of advice to new clowns that you guys could provide, whether it be 
a word of encouragement. Um, do you have something you can share with the listeners just before we wrap all this up? Well, I would say um, for me personally, the thing that I've experienced the most um, as far as what I would encourage people to do is definitely connect. To me, that is the most important thing. And that's in multiple facets. That's connecting with the traditional to the, the modern, connecting with the new uh, clowns coming in with the traditional clowns, the ones who have the experience. Connect with people, with your communities, make sure that they understand that we're here to serve them. We're here to provide them with this experience, this something that clowning is a dying tradition and we definitely want to make sure that it lasts. And it's, it's on its stronghold um, right now because a lot of things are at the standstill. But with our students, we want them to know that clowning doesn't stop with the Mott Campus Clowns. It continues. And this is something that we are passionate about. It's something that we encourage them to take on when they leave. But it's just something that we know they have an opportunity to grab and and just run with it and we are hopeful in the future that they will be encouraged to do so Um, but I think it it definitely goes back to that community those people that um, even that are not Mott Campus Clowns that we could use encouragement from to kind of get these students to kind of go into their communities by themselves and develop to develop their language as a clown and become an individual so for me Personally, I think that that would be my my biggest advice is just to connect with people. Um, it doesn't even have to be full face clown. Call call an alley that you're not a part of and ask, you know, hey, how can I help? What what do you need encouragement for? Um, we're all in this together. So I think it's an important thing for people to share information and to be open to the progress of clowning and things that are happening with that. Um, and always try to put a smile on somebody's face. And I'd like to encourage all the individuals and the alleys that are out there that are trying to offer classes and opportunities for new members, regardless of their age. And I always want to remind them, tell the history of clowning, tell them the tradition of clowning, let them know clowning happens in a lot of different ways, but that clowning is ultimately an expression of your humanity and your capacity to connect through the makeup, through the costume, through being a clown. Brian, Alyssa, um, I feel like over the time that we've been talking that um, Jazzy and I have truly made some new friends in clowning. Uh, I'm hoping at some other time we can reach out and have a continuation of this podcast, especially when you guys get back into business of training uh, new clowns. I commend you for that. I, I am so thankful that you are not letting the art of clowning die. I just care that you're training people to make other people laugh. And that the young ones are enjoying it and yeah. it's not something that's just um, looked down upon that people want to continue that you are so well-spoken tinkers about how you feel about the program it's amazing for me to just listen to you i'm in awe of what you've done brian it it it's just dear to my heart once this pandemic lifts and we'll come make a road trip to you and if we can give to the folks that you are clowning with with a a day of joke telling or something like that we would love to recognize the work that you're doing to promote clowning and help you in the circles that you're working with well let me just say if you guys are ever in the chicagoland area let us know because um one of these days we'll have our clown alley back meeting and or we could do anything we could just have a nice little outing or whatever we would love that and you know you're not that far i just looked you're like four and a half hours from (laughs) so 
maybe That's I'll just true. pop in on you guys when you get back to doing what you're doing <laughs> and um, help with yep. a costume or makeup. How about that? Be afraid. Be very afraid. <laughs> you're you're more than welcome to come to one of our shows too. We always have an open audience at the end of the semester for that, so oh, you're welcome it. to come then. Uh, I would too. love it. Quick question: are, You guys said that you have an alley. Are you registered with CUAI? We are. You are. What's your alley name? Crazy Clown Club. Nice. Mm -hmm. I um, have recently been in or been given the position of the regional vice president for COAI for the Midwest region. So I was just curious to know where, you know, where you guys were at. That's uh, noted. We're usually <laughs> our names on the bathroom wall. Have you looked there? <laughs> I haven't checked there. That's a good point. I'll have to do that. Wow. They, they, they painted over that wall. Already. <laughs> right. <laughs> That also encourages me again that you're involved in other organizations outside of what you're just doing there. So you guys rock. Can I just say we that? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate it. It's been a total joy. Wouldn't you say, Jazzy, having these two on today? Uh, if you put me on the spot, yes, I guess. Brian Tinkers, it's been a pleasure. Um, you're welcome to uh, join our airwaves anytime. And if there's something <laughs> we somehow we can assist in getting the word out about mock campus clowns or uh, continuing their your educating uh, clowns we'd love to do that so it's been a pleasure even getting your word out uh, via this podcast for jazzy um you've been listening to slapstick conversations on clowning i'm your humble host gunky and always remember life is a circus just don't walk behind the elephants <laughs> <laughs>